Welcome to Northgate Bible Chapel Online. Thanks for checking out our podcast, where you can listen to our latest sermons, filled with teaching, encouragement, and hope from God's Word. So whether you're outdoors, in the car, or just poured some coffee, let's dive into today's message. Good morning. Good to see everyone here this morning. Uh, the blessed time of singing and Every knee shall bow one day when we see our Savior, when we are with Him. Uh, we uh, even looked at sweet hour of prayer. Sweet hour of prayer, sweet hour of prayer that calls me from a world of care and bids me at my Father's throne make all my wants and wishes known. In seasons of distress and grief, my soul has often found relief and oft escaped the tempter's snare by thy return, sweet hour of prayer. Sweet hour of prayer. Today's message is going to be on uh, the importance of corporate prayer. Uh, so the importance of praying together. So we all, you know, there are, uh, every day we come to the Lord and we uh, pray in our closets in private. But then the Lord also uh, bids us to come together, encourages us to come together. We'll be looking at various portions today uh, from Scripture. But uh, just to start off, we will look at Second Chronicles chapter 20. If you would turn with me to Second Chronicles chapter 20. And we'll read from verse 1 to 13, and that'll be a springboard, so to speak, to look at various passages in the book of Acts as well on the topic of, of praying together. And what did the early church do? Uh, the early church prayed together. And even before we open up the word, let's uh, just look to him in prayer again. Almighty God, we give you thanks for your son, our Lord Jesus. We thank you for the privilege that is ours to come boldly before you, uh, to look to your face, uh, to seek you. Uh, and Father, we pray that you would speak to our hearts, uh, even on this topic of prayer, that uh, you would enable for us uh, to see the importance of it. And uh, Father, we pray that if uh, there are changes that are needed in our lives, that you would uh, convict us of those things and uh, bring us into a more intimate uh, relationship and communion with you through prayer. Almighty God, we give you thanks for your word. We thank you uh, for your son, our Lord Jesus Christ. And in his name we pray. Amen. Second Chronicles chapter 20. And we'll read from 1 to 13. And it happened after this that the people of Moab were the people of Ammon. And others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they are in Hazan Tamer, which is En Gedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered, gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Verse 5, then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord, God of our fathers. Are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all kingdoms of the nations? In your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel 
and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever. And they dwell in it and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, if disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence, and your, for your name is in this temple, and we cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. And now, here are the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whom you, have, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt. But they turned from them and did not destroy them. Here they are, rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possessions, which you have given us to inherit. O our God, Will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us. Nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. And verse 13, now all Judah with their little ones, their wives, and their children stood before the Lord. May the Lord add his blessing uh, to the reading of his holy word. A few weeks back, we were looking at uh, meditations from Psalm, 30, uh, Psalm 40. And in Psalm 40, we read in verse 1, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined, his, inclined to me and heard my cry. David uh, says that he looked to the Lord, he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord inclined to his cry and answered him. Last week, we were looking at the uh, Syrophoenician woman uh, who had a daughter that was demon-possessed. And in Matthew chapter 15, she would come to the Lord and plead with him, not once but twice. First, she would say, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. And then later on, she would again plead with the God, cry out uh, to him, the Savior, with all her heart and it would be a very short prayer where she would say, Lord, help me. The Lord healed her that very same hour. Praying is the most heavenly of heavenlies communion that a Christian can have on this side of eternity. Uh, a, a communion with the Lord God of heaven uh, that is unlike anything that you can ever experience uh, on this earth. Uh, until we see him again face to face. Uh, there's nothing like it. Uh, what a friend we have in Jesus. Uh, all our sins and griefs to bear. Uh, what a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. We see the Lord often uh, in his journey while he was on the earth. Uh, uh, going, setting aside time for praying. In the Garden of Gethsemane, even before he would uh, go to the cross, uh, he would go and pray, set aside time, and, and go to his Father and pray. We see the Lord emphasizing and exemplifying this important aspect of prayer in the life of a believer. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 6, 
we read of the Lord describing private prayer. Uh, and even before he describes this private prayer, uh, in Matthew chapter 6, he tells uh, the disciples, uh, do not be like the Pharisees who go to their synagogues, who stand in street corners and uh, pray out loud so that they may be seen by men. But unlike that, this is what you need to do. And in verse 6 of Matthew chapter 6, we read, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who is in secret will reward you. Matthew 6, 6, the closet prayer. This is the personal communion that a believer has, the privilege that uh, you and I have to come before a holy God uh, to bring our petitions, to bring our cries, uh, you know, our cries out to him. And he stoops down. He inclines his ear to listen to us. Uh, this is as important uh, to a believer as breathing is to us, which is a very natural thing that comes to us, inhale and exhale. So today I want to focus on uh, that aspect of, yes, prayer, personal prayer, but then taking that into a cor corporate setting, into praying together. So what is corporate prayer? Uh, what is corporate prayer? Corporate prayer is praying to the Lord with other saints who agree with and affirm the prayers that are being offered. And the affirmation comes through the amen. So let it be. Now, I have to mention this. We will be ineffective in our praying corporately if we have a lackluster closet prayer. If we lack in our prayers, uh, on a personal day-to-day, -day, seeking God and his face in our closets. Um, our effectivity in coming together for corporate prayer is going to be less. In Matthew chapter 18, uh, and you don't have to turn there, and I'll read that for you. In Matthew chapter 18, verse 19 to 20, uh, we read the Lord Jesus Christ saying, and again I say to you, if two of you agree on the earth concerning anything, they ask they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am in the midst of them. Again, the setting associated with that, that was church discipline. Church discipline and the various steps associated with that. But then, uh, in order to get an affirmation from the Lord on, on whether this is what God would desire uh, to happen for this particular person or persons, uh, they seek the Lord. And it says, if you agree, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything they ask, anything that they're praying to the Lord for, seeking God's face for, he will answer. It will be done. And then he goes on to say, whether, where, where there is two or three that are gathered together, there in the midst I am. The promise of his presence when we seek his face. Uh, the promise of his presence. So corporate praying, uh, you know, is, is ordained by God. Uh, it's, uh, uh, it, and it is for the benefit of his people. Um, Jesus thought, uh, again, in, in Matthew chapter 6, again, there are various aspects of prayer when it comes to Matthew chapter 6. He goes on to talk about the, the Pharisees, then he goes on to talk about private prayer, and then he uh, switches back into the mode of corporate praying. He teaches his disciples to pray. 
pray. We often say it's the Lord's prayer, but it was uh, technically the disciples' prayer. The Lord didn't need to pray this prayer. Uh, yeah, forgive us of our debts. The Lord didn't have any debts to pay. But this was the disciples' prayer. And God and uh, the Lord Jesus in Matthew chapter 6 would say in verse 9, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So one of the things that we can gather from this passage, a very familiar passage, is uh, the pronouns that are being used there. It's not uh, deliver me from the evil. It's not forgive me of our, my debt. Uh, lead me not into temptations, no, but rather the Lord encourages the disciples to pray in plural. Forgive us of our debts. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. What the Lord Jesus was trying to do here was an invitation and teaching uh, to pray together uh, with, with a corporate mindset. We ex see examples of this in the New Testament as well as in the Old. We just read in uh, Second Chronicles chapter 20 of Jehoshaphat. Uh, Je Jehoshaphat uh, had a big problem that was in front of him. And the problem was the Ammonites and Mount Seir or Syria and the Moabites were all coming against him. And he was a powerful king, uh, but uh, he would lay aside all his strategies and business, uh, you know, all, all his war strategies and everything aside, and he would say, I don't know what to do. Let us seek the face of God. In verse 9 uh, of the passage that we read, we, we would read, and we will cry out in our affliction, and you will hear and save. In verse 12, we read, we have no power against this multitude, but our eyes are on you, God. And in this section over here, we see, um, we see uh, Jehoshaphat inviting all of Judah. It, Jehoshaphat could have just sent an edict uh, to all the nations and said, okay, at this particular time, 8 p.m. tomorrow, uh, just uh, pray. But he didn't do that. Uh, he invited, he summoned for the nation to come uh, to Jerusalem, come together uh, to seek God's face. And they prayed together. And we read that the children came, the wives came, uh, everyone together sought after the Lord. Our eyes are upon you. They gathered together. And this is not the only example. There are various examples. We see Ezra, we see Nehemiah, we, Sol we see Solomon uh, uh, summoning the nations to come together. In Joel chapter 1, uh, in the time of a great emergency in the land of Israel, in Joel chapter 1, we would read in verse 13 and 14, Gird yourself and lament, you priests, wail, you ministers, before the altar. Come lie all night in sackcloths. You who minister to my God, for grain offerings and drink offerings are withheld from, your, from the house of your God. Consecrate a fast, call a sacred assembly, gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land into the house of your Lord, 
your God and cry out to the Lord. That was Prophet Joel's summon to Israel in the time of affliction. A national emergency requires a national day of prayer. And then later on in Joel chapter 2, we would read, uh, the Lord answers. So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locusts have eaten, and you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. Uh, as with David, as with Israel, uh, when they sought the Lord, the Lord answered them. Uh, when Jehoshaphat and all the nation of Israel uh, and Judah came together and sought after the Lord, the Lord answered them, and the Lord answered them in a very miraculous way. Uh, the answer was, you don't have to do anything. Just stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And he provided an answer, and he defeated the Ammonites and the Moabites. So why pray together? So I've set the stage for examples uh, in the Old Testament, and you're going to look at the New Testament and what the church was supposed to do and what the church did. But why pray together? So praying together creates unity. Uh, it creates oneness. Um, it knits the hearts of the saints together. It binds us together. It unites our heart to fear his name together. Turn with me to Acts chapter 1. In Acts chapter 1, and this is after our Lord Jesus Christ's ascension, um, and after the disciples were at Mount Olivet, and on their return. This is uh, the very first instance of them coming together. And the very first instance of them coming together, what did they do after the Lord Jesus Christ's ascension? In verse 13 of Acts chapter 1, we read, And when they had entered, they went up into the upper room where they were staying, Peter, James, John, and Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas the son of James. In verse 14, of Acts 1, and all the, and, and these, these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. All of them, the 11 disciples, uh, Mary, uh, uh, the women that were there, uh, the brothers of Jesus, they all came together, and what did they do? with one accord, pray unto God. One accord in prayer and supplication. The word one accord there is used in Greek is the word homotimodon, uh, uh, and uh, what that means is one mind, or, or one passion, uh, or, and, and, and the word exactly translates as to rush along in unison. So to run together, to be together with a sense of urgency and, and together. And that is the word one accord. And with one mind, with one passion, with one accord, in urgency, they would come together to seek God's face. So praying together brings forth a sense or creates a sense of unity uh, amongst the believers. You know, whenever there are disagreements, whenever there are contentions amongst uh, saints, uh, we should always seek the Lord together in prayer. And that would dissolve, uh, that would dissolve uh, the contention, so to speak, and create peace, create togetherness and a mindset 
as we come and seek his face together. So second, uh, praying together. What is the benefit of praying together? It brings boldness and power for ministry. Uh, you know, there are various ministries that we do together uh, in our assembly, whether it be VBS or prison ministry or camp ministry. Uh, in all these things, uh, as with Jehoshaphat, um, you know, we cannot do these things in our own strength. We need the Lord to intervene. We need the Lord to fight our battles. A ministry where there is prayerlessness is a dead ministry. Acts chapter 4. Turn with me to Acts chapter 4. So various portions in the book of Acts where we see uh, the Lord working when the early church sought his face. In Acts chapter 4, and uh, the context here is Peter and John are arrested. They are arrested for speaking uh, the gospel. And in, in verse 23 of Acts chapter 4, we read, And being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. In verse 24, when they heard that they raised their voice to God with one accord. Again, the same word, uh, homothymodon, to rush along in unison. And verse 29, verse 29. Now the Lord, now Lord, look, at the, uh, look on their threats and grant your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. So again, what did the saints do? They came together in one accord, together in unison, in a sense of urgency, and they sought the Lord, and for what? For boldness to speak the word of God in the midst of persecution. And did the Lord answer that prayer? Verse 31, verse 31 of Acts chapter 4, we read, and when they had prayed, so they finished praying, the place where they had assembled was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. They prayed for boldness, and the Lord gave them the boldness to speak. Andrew Murray would say this, um, time spent in prayer will yield more than given to work or service. Prayer alone gives work or service its worth and its success. Prayer opens the way for God himself to do his work in us and through us. Let our chief work as God's messengers be intercession. In it, we secure the presence and the power of God to go with us. So praying uh, unites us together, and it unites us together in ministry, gives us the boldness and the power for ministry. Thirdly, uh, praying together encourages uh, constancy or steadfastness uh, and fervency in praying together. Uh, and also enables for us to encourage one another uh, seeking after the Lord God of heaven with great expectations because we have a great God. We pray uh, together within our assembly in various meetings. Uh, uh, first Wednesdays, uh, whether it be at home groups, men's meetings, sisters' meetings. And we have seen the Lord answer so many prayers this last 12 months. So many prayers that have been answered. And sometimes we just, because of answered prayers, we take a step back and we're like, okay, you know, the Lord has answered all our prayers, but then 
how we take a step back and we reach a sense of complacency, so to speak. And again, I'm speaking of myself. Um, you know, the early church, they were steadfast. They were fervent. They, were, uh, they went to the Lord with great expectations. Uh, turn with me to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. So turn back to Acts chapter 2 from Acts 4. Now we are at Acts 2. And in verse 41 and 42, uh, very familiar verses. We read there, Then those who gladly received the word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And what did they do? We read there, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, and in fellowship, in breaking of bread, and in prayers. They continued steadfastly in praying together. Uh, each of those three items, uh, apostles, doctrines, fellowship, breaking of bread, cannot be done uh, in your closet or cannot be done in your home in private. It is done with one another. And so uh, is praying over here uh, that is referred to praying together. And they continued steadfastly in it. The word steadfastly that is used there is being devoted, being diligent, uh, having uh, an earnest expectation uh, from God that those prayers will be answered. They persevered, uh, constant attention being given. And we see results as soon as they prayed. The first century church, they prayed, and then we see the power of God uh, in the gospel that was going out. We read in verse 47, and the Lord added to his church daily those who were being saved. So praying steadfastly, it encourages us to come together uh, and encourages one another to be steadfast in our prayers. Uh, turn with me to Acts 12. Acts 12. In Acts 12, we see Peter. Peter now is imprisoned. Uh, Herod stretched out his hand against the church. Uh, James is killed. Uh, Peter is seized and put in prison. And what do the saints do? In Acts chapter 12 and verse 5, we read, Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. Again, the word there, without ceasing, constant. Uh, the word that is used there is stretched out, as in stretched out hand. Uh, all the saints, while Peter is, uh, being locked out, is, is locked up, everyone with stretched out hand and without ceasing, we're looking to the Lord in prayer. And we uh, read later on that the Lord answered that prayer. Uh, answered that prayer to the point where when uh, he would come out and he would uh, come to the place uh, where they were praying for him, that they were astonished. Whoa. Uh, sometimes in little faith, but still, uh, the Lord hears our prayers uh, and answers our prayers. Again, the idea there is they were in constant prayer. Uh, they were fervently praying. Uh, and, and coming together encourages us to be fervent, encourages us to come together with great expectations from a great God. In Luke chapter 18, uh, verse 1, we read that men ought to pray and not lose heart. It's very easy for us to lose heart in praying at times when uh, we don't get an Prayers answered immediately, waiting on the Lord. Uh, we lose heart, but, but the Lord, knowing that we would lose heart, would say, uh, do not lose heart. Men always ought to pray. 
So now I'm going to switch gears a little bit into the roadblocks associated with praying or the practical aspects that hinder us from coming together for, for corporate prayer. Uh, one of the things that I uh, often hear is I'm not eloquent uh, or you know, my thoughts are so short that I can't sustain a long prayer. Now he's not impressed with our eloquence uh, when we are praying. He's not uh, looking for short prayers or long prayers, nothing in that line. The Lord looks at the heart, and that is very, very important for us to understand. In uh, Luke chapter 18, we see the Lord uh, giving this example of two men, one a tax collector who came to pray, and then there was also a Pharisee who came to pray. And the Pharisee would pray, uh, saying, God, I thank you that I'm not like this man, extortioner, unjust, adulterer, or even as a tax collector. I fast twice a week and give off all my tithes and that I possess. But then this tax collector would look to the Lord and have seven words in his prayer to God. And that was, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. He was not eloquent. Uh, he was short in his prayer. But that was uh, the prayer that the Lord would commend him for and say, this man went home justified. The Lord looks at the heart. Man looks at the outward appearances, but God looks at the heart. So it's not our eloquence, it's not the length of our prayers or the longevity of our prayers. The second, uh, the second roadblock or issue that uh, people are people of God bring about is, I don't know what to say during a prayer meeting. And that is sometimes difficult. Uh, if I, I don't know how to uh, express my thoughts to God. I know I have these burdens that I want to share and I want to cry out to the Lord, but uh, words fail me when I come into his presence together to pray. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And this has been a wonderful uh, passage here for me in, uh, over the last few years and a great encouragement for me. Uh, when I come to the Lord and I don't have the words to express. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 26 and 27, we read like this. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. There are times when we cannot verbalize our prayers, verbalize what is in our hearts, but God promises that the Spirit of God who sees the heart, takes our thoughts from our mind, presents us to God the Father in perfect will unto him. And we can take infinite encouragement in the fact that even a groan or a sigh may be the best prayer that our hearts can utter to God, and it is always in accordance to his will. He provides us. He has provided us all things pertinent to life and godliness. He has provided us his spirit to help us in our weaknesses. Uh, a third uh, roadblock or issue that comes about that I hear is, I'm too embarrassed. Too embarrassed, I'm too scared to pray out loud. Uh, you know, I don't do this. Uh, you know, uh, I'm, 
all right doing this at home, but I cannot uh, in front of everyone. I'm embarrassed. Uh, what if I say something that doesn't come across properly? Now, I would counter that with another question for you to think about. Um, what about those who aren't praying out loud? Are they praying? Uh, should they come to a prayer meeting if they are uh, just silently praying? Nonetheless, they are praying. So uh, I'm going to put it out here, you know, you don't have to pray out loud in a prayer meeting, but nonetheless come together to pray because we are all praying and seeking God's face together, although one is leading and verbalizing the prayers. A perfect example of this was in Exodus chapter 17, and you don't have to turn there. Um, in Exodus chapter third, uh, 17, we see the Amalekites that were coming against the Israelites for fighting against them. And we see Moses uh, giving uh, you know, instructions to Joshua saying, hey, you take these men, you go and fight. But I'm going to do one thing. I'm going to go up the hill, uh, take the rod of God, and I'm going to stand on this hill, and I'm going to intercede for you. I'm going to look to him. And so Moses would go, Joshua would fight, but Moses would also take two other people with him. Moses would take Aaron, and Moses would take her, and both of them on either side standing with him, and then Moses would lift up his hand. And whenever Moses would lift up his hand, uh, there was success in Israel, and uh, Israel will be winning the battles. But the moment his hands were weak and would just fall down, so to speak, uh, we would see Israel uh, you know, losing traction uh, in that war. So what would they do? Aaron and Hur would come up, uh, would take stones, uh, set Moses there, give him some support, and then we also read that he would hold uh, Moses' hand as he lifted up his voice unto God. Moses in intercession was lifting up his hands to the throne of God. He was praying. He got tired. He needed people to come alongside to hold his hands up. And this is something that you and I can do. All of us can do uh, when we come together to pray in a prayer meeting. Uh, come and support the one who is praying out loud. You needn't necessarily verbalize your prayers, uh, but you can support the person uh, who is coming along. And we together pray. The one, thing, the one thing that we can all do better, the one thing that we can all do better is to affirm the prayer of the person that is praying out loud with a loud amen. Uh, the word amen is uh, so let it be. Uh, yes, may it come to pass. Uh, saying amen is not going to make you uh, charismatic, if that is what you think. <laughs> so uh, let that encourage us. Uh, when we come together to pray, uh, there are brothers, sisters that are coming together to pray. One vocalizes, many vocalize. Some may not, but like Aaron and her, come to lift up and to support one another and to say amen, to affirm to God the heart cry uh, that we have. Uh, another excuse or another uh, thing that comes up normally is I don't have time to go to a prayer meeting, another roadblock. And in today's fast-paced day and age, uh, it is an issue. Uh, but again, uh, 
you know, uh, if there are times when you are not able to come and, are, and consistently you are not able to find time because of schedules, come see us. Uh, and maybe we can look at a time when we can all together uh, come to pray where uh, everyone is available. Uh, there are always uh, options. Technical difficulties can always be solved collaboratively. Uh, if you if you can come, you know, if you can come for a prayer, uh, for a time of prayer, will you come? If you are available, if you uh, have the time, will you come? Is that a priority? So something to think about. Another hindrance to prayer is sin in my heart. So another roadblock, so to speak. In Psalm 66, verses 18, we read, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. Unconfessed sins. Uh, can be a hindrance to corporate prayer. Sin in the camp, so to speak, forms a barrier. In uh, James chapter 5 and verse 16, we read, Confess your trespasses one to another, pray for one another, that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a fervent, fervent, uh, uh, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Confessing our sins unto him. Uh, and praying for one another so that we can be healed. In 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 7, we read, Husbands, likewise dwell with them, speaking of your wives, with understanding, giving honor to the wife as a weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. Brothers, if you're being mean to your wife, your prayers are going to be hindered. Again, these are all things that we need to be cognizant of. Uh, hindrances, uh, sin, hiding sin in my heart. Um, another hindrance to prayer. Uh, and this one maybe we can turn to James chapter three, uh, James chapter four. Turn with me to James chapter four. In James chapter four, verse one to three. Uh, very, uh, you know, most of the times we uh, speed into verse two and three. Uh, but then reading from verse 1, uh, we get a picture of one of the hindrances associated with prayer or coming together to pray. James 4, we read, Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and you do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight in war yet you do not have because you do not ask. And verse three, you ask and do not receive it because you ask amiss that you may spend it in your own, in its own, uh, spend it on your pleasures. So another hindrance to prayer is desires for pleasures. And the desires for pleasures leads to uh, contentions and wars and fights amongst you. But then uh, the solution to all this is you do not have because you do not ask. As simple as that. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain to bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. You do not have because you do not ask. And when you do ask, you ask amiss. And what is this ask amiss? Uh, the asking amiss is because you ask uh, things that you need in order to spend on your own pleasures rather than seeking after God and his kingdom. So may the Lord help us in these things, uh, to ponder through these things. 
uh, as we come together to pray, as did uh, the first century church. Why do we pray together? Why, why is it important for us to pray together and to put that as a priority? Uh, it unites us. It unites us in ministry. It gives us a power and the boldness. It encourages steadfastness or fervency uh, as we come together with great expectations from a great God. And then last but not least, why do we come together? Because there is an insurmountable need that is in the world today and in his church. There is no greater time in history of the church where the need has been so great. Um, to seek after God, uh, to fight our battles. The church of God is under attack. Battles to honor our, our sacred vows of marriage. Battles to protect our children's minds from the indoctrination of uh, the erroneous postmodern philosophies. A battle to protect the church from wokeism. Uh, an earnest desire to be convicted of our sinfulnesses. Desire to long for souls to come to Christ Jesus. Desire to love one another as Christ loved his church. A genuine desire for seeing healing for the broken relationships. Desire for a stronger and steadfast faith. Desire to faithfully wait as a church together for our bridegroom Christ. Desire to make his name, the name of our God, great amongst the nations where his name currently is in the trenches. Desire for purity and holiness amongst us. Desire to restore biblical manhood and biblical womanhood. Desire for selfless and Christ Jesus preeminent walks in our lives. Desire to love mercy, to walk humbly before our God. This, we have a great need in our midst, an insurmountable need. And as Jehoshaphat did, cry out to God saying, we have no power, we have no solutions, we have no strategies that can win this. God, we need you to fight. You need to help us. And as a Syrophoenician woman would say with three words, Lord, help us. And our desire uh, as an assembly is that we would come together and seek his face in unequivocal dependence on our God, for he will answer as he did with David, as he did with Jehoshaphat, as he did with Solomon. He will answer when we cry out. We read in Second Chronicles 7, if my people who are called by my name and will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will then hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sins and I will heal their land. May the Lord help us uh, as we ponder these things and encourage our heart as we look to the Lord in prayer. Let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you for uh, your word. We thank you for the examples from your scriptures of saints coming together to seek your face. Help us, Lord. Um, there are so many roadblocks that Satan puts in, in, in front of us. And Father, we pray that you would enable for us to uh, be encouraged in your word, encourage one another. Uh, and Father, as with Jehoshaphat, like Father, we acknowledge that we as an assembly, as a church, we are powerless unless you intervene. Uh, there are so many battles uh, that are coming up against your church. And Father, in the midst of these things, uh, 
There is nothing that we can do other than you helping. So, Lord, help us, strengthen us by your might and power, and help us to encourage one another, to love one another as Christ loved the church. And, Father, uh, help us to persevere on uh, in one accord, uh, in uh, a unified spirit. Uh, for we know us that you would give us the boldness and the strength. Father, we look to you. We give you thanks for your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, and in his matchless and precious name we pray. Amen.